beautiful humans and welcome back to Honey Be Mindful, the podcast. I have my coffee here with me and I encourage you to grab your own coffee or your favorite snack, your favorite beverage, whatever it might be, and join along this episode. So fun thing is I actually asked the folks over on Instagram some suggestions. So if there's any podcast suggestions that they want to hear me talk about or just anything that they like to hear about when it comes to a podcast. And I got a pretty wide range of things that fit under one category. So this category is a lot about emotions and feelings of being overwhelmed and lots of things like that. So I basically tried to put and condense all of those questions and all of those topics into one thing which would be today's episode. And this episode is going to be talking about tips when you are feeling overwhelmed and emotional. So it's really going to be discussing how to control your emotions, some tips on the brain and understanding the brain, and really how to take control of these things as a believer and what we can do with them. Because a lot of times in the Christian community, we've talked about this before, or just in religious places or Anything like that, these emotions or these uncomfortable topics like we talked about in the last series, mental health is not something that is comfortably talked about. These things are usually a lot more uncomfortable to talk about in those situations and we really want to make sure that we are staying addressing them because there is a way that we can handle it because we are 50% spirit and we are also 50% human. So we have to make sure that we balance both of these worlds. And that is what we're going to discuss today. So I asked the pals over on Instagram. They suggested some podcast episodes. And this is the theme that I I noticed. And I wanted to uh, shed light on three of the questions that I felt like would be beneficial for everyone. There was a lot of specific questions, but I really felt like these three questions would be beneficial for every single one of us. And I broke them down into categories and some tips and tricks, all different types of things that we're going to go through. But the three questions are... How do you control your emotions on a daily basis? Number two is what are some tips to exercising your mind and emotions? And number three is what are verses that you go to when you feel overwhelmed? Okay, so we're going to tackle number one. And this is just a quick reminder that I talk about my personal experience when it comes to these things. And a lot of what I suggest has come from a place of I've walked through it. So as I answer these questions, I just want you guys to remember that ultimately I'm trying to focus on principles so that you can try and find your own practices that will work for you. However, I do share my personal experience because I think it's beneficial to hear about how someone walked through something. But just a reminder, don't compare yourself. And it's super important to take the principles of these podcasts and try and find the best solution for yourself and the best process and the best journey for you to walk in. So the first question is, how do you control your emotions on a daily basis? This is a huge question because emotions are on a spectrum and they are generalized and stereotyped to the ends of the earth. And it's very difficult to get a grip or quote unquote control your emotions in a normal daily life. So I wanted to break it down in terms that I kept asking myself, okay, how do I do this? And how did I learn how to do this? And this is what I came up with. So the first thing you have to do to gain control of your emotions is to name it. How can you control an emotion that you don't understand or you don't know what you're feeling? There are several times, this doesn't mean that you can't feel several things at once. 
Um, it's just important to whatever emotion you are feeling, even if it is one, or maybe it's several, maybe it's on a spectrum, it's important to identify it, name it, and understand the emotion behind it. So number two for this is don't generalize the emotion. So too often we label emotions as bad or good, which causes us to either accept or neglect and suppress the emotion. So for example, we have placed a lot of negative connotations on anger. That is anger equals bad. We've placed this stereotype, we've generalized it. If I'm feeling angry, that's a bad emotion. I should not be feeling that, or I need to suppress this, or I should not be feeling anger. So we generalized it as bad. And then happy, we've generalized as good. And we've made it to be out. If I am happy, this is a good feeling. I should be feeling this. What we don't understand is that Anytime that you're feeling something in a situation, what's important is to make sure you're feeling the appropriate motion for the appropriate occasion. So for example, if someone takes your sandwich from you at lunch and throws it on the ground and stomps on it, nine times out of 10, our first reaction is, what's wrong with me? And that is actually not an appropriate reaction for what someone did. So we have to train our brains to understand who we are. And that's why it's so important to focus on who you are as a person, because the appropriate emotion is, whoa, what's going on with them? What are they dealing with that caused them to take my sandwich when I didn't do anything and stomp on the ground? And we tend to take things on ourselves and we blame ourselves for things and we take on the responsibility for things because we... If we can't understand something, we suppress it or neglect it or don't even pay any attention to it. So it's a lot easier to have some sort of, what's the word, some sort of closure with a circumstance if we can be in control of it. So nine times out of 10, we place the blame on ourselves because we can control ourselves. However, it's not the appropriate emotion and that's when we get jumbled and that's when we start believing lies and that's when we start having a really bad Uh, mindset of who we are because we're blaming ourselves constantly we're constantly the problem we're trying to figure out why we're the problem when it's someone else's actions so there's times that it is our fault but when it's circumstances like that our brains nine times out of ten are trained to blame ourselves rather than look at the situation analyze it and say whoa actually what are they dealing with what is going on inside of their life that they felt the need to do that to me instead of what we normally do how our default system is, is, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Why would they do that to me? Oh no, what did I do that's wrong? There's, I have a problem. There's something wrong with me, 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 me. And we're not able to analyze the situation for what it is. This is why it's important to understand the emotion that you're feeling, make sure it's appropriate for the circumstance and analyze that whole situation. This takes a lot of work, but honestly, it's just because our default system is totally rigged and jacked up from the start so it's important that we work on these things because it can actually become our new default and we're healthy individuals and we're able to just analyze these on the fly it takes no work at all because it's second nature this can happen so don't feel discouraged just by hearing these things practice makes perfect or practice makes progress not perfect but okay so first thing you do to gain control of your emotions is name it and the second thing we said is don't generalize the emotion so if you're feeling angry at that situation that's actually appropriate it's okay and it's good to feel the anger because that is a that is of totally appropriate reason to feel angry so just because some feelings have bad and good connotations doesn't mean that we should not feel them 
some feelings are uncomfortable and some feel worse than others, but in general, they're emotions. Emotions are neutral and they're indicators of something that's going on deeper inside of you, like lights on a dashboard. So for example, if your light comes on on your dashboard, what do you do? You don't just keep driving. You look under the hood and see what's wrong. You take it to the shop and see what's wrong. For example, if your oil light comes on and you go to the gas station, you are for sure heading to a breakdown, which is why it's super important to know which light, which emotion, name it, so that you can take it to the right place, look under the hood, and really get it fixed. If your gas light comes on, you take it to the gas station, it's going to be okay. You're not going to be headed for a breakdown. But like I said, if your oil light comes on, but you take it to the gas station, you didn't actually fix the problem and fix what was wrong. Therefore, you're headed for a breakdown. Same thing with our emotions, same thing with our body and our mental health. Um, Emotions are indicators to get underneath the hood and see what's going on deeper. So just make sure that when you are feeling this emotion and you're, you're naming this emotion, that you don't generalize it, that you actually just see it for what it is. Okay, it's my oil light. Let me go get my oil change instead of taking it to the gas station because it makes you feel uncomfortable. The oil light makes you feel uncomfortable, you know? So we avoid it and we go to the gas station instead. Instead, the more we put it off, the more likely we are to head to a breakdown and the more likely that spring that's inside of us is literally going to bounce all the way to the bottom and then all these emotions are going to come unraveling out the top. And the third thing to do to control your emotions daily is to name the emotion, go deeper, and ask yourself why. So this is super important to ask yourself, okay, why was I triggered? What did this emotion cause? Why am I feeling this emotion? And maybe you're feeling the wrong emotion, like the one about the sandwich, and maybe you are blaming yourself for the situation when it's really, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just a reaction from someone else's issues that are being portrayed and projected onto you, it's important to make sure that if you feel like you're blaming yourself, that you ask yourself why, because we have to unlearn and untrain our brains to go in the opposite direction and really see the situation for what it is and be able to get a grip and control these emotions. So this is something that definitely takes work and we have to be patient with ourselves and gentle with ourselves, but truly you'll begin to train your mind and always dig deeper. You'll learn to just dig deeper automatically and it won't become something that feels exhausting or like a lot of work. It'll become second nature like I was saying earlier and you'll learn to be gentle on yourselves and gentle on others when your emotions rise, which lead us to our next point, which is exercising our mind. So all three of those things is really the basis to controlling your mind daily. So it's it's a really good place to start and those are the basics to getting your mind working the way that it should and constantly digging deeper because emotions are not ever surface level. They are deeper, you can't even see emotions, therefore we have to go into the unseen realm and really focus on fixing the actual problem. Also, if you hear anything, I'm trying to pause as much as possible, but my neighbors are making a lot of noise, for example. Um, they're making a lot of noise and I'm trying to pause as much as possible, but I also want to make sure I get through this podcast and I'm not sure how much longer they're going to be making that noise. But anyways, so the second question, which is exercising our mind, we're leading into that part now is what are some tips to exercising your mind and emotions? So some ways to get in tune and some ways to be in touch with yourself and ground yourself and, um, really instead of stripping away our humanity, just being fully human and fully spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So your mind needs to learn and apply information as you go. That's the way the brain prefers to learn and grow 
And your, your brain thrives off of learning information and applying it as you go instead of just head knowledge. So, so that's why head knowledge isn't helpful because if you aren't applying it to your life, your brain is becoming a trash can of information rather than a life-changing machine that you are in control of and you have the power over. And your brain just becomes the trash can, the dump for all the information and your life is not practically changed. So it's important to not focus on head knowledge only. So our brains love repetition, which is why cycles and patterns are things that end up actually trapping us from becoming and growing. So that's the dangerous thing is that our brains do love repetition and that could either trap us or it could liberate us. And that's why we have to make sure that we are in control so that we have the say rather than our brain controlling us. So the three tips to exercising your mind, I actually specified three. And the first one is to start simple. Start with a puzzle or reading a book that will get your mind moving. So puzzles really open up your brain to creative freedom and your own way of solving something, which can train it to problem solve more when you're dealing with a real life issue. Puzzles are super good for your brain to start. They Essentially, when you're doing a puzzle, it's problem solving in its own creative way. It's a creative freedom that opens it up to to train it to problem solve so that when problems arise in everyday life or circumstances or situations happen, your brain is actually trained to start working in a way that it's problem solving because you've worked it with a puzzle. These are mindless games that actually make such a difference in the way that your brain functions and works. For example, um, a really good app that I have, it's called Blockdoku. So it's block, you do, okay, And that app is, it's really just like puzzles and it's your own brain's way of moving around things and you have to get a higher score. And there's Wordscapes. That's also another really good app that I've used. And they're just, they're just brain mindless puzzles, but really that help your brain in everyday life circumstances because it's being trained with something that you really don't understand that you're actually training your brain for. So books, this is the next thing that's starting simple. So give your mind something new to learn and the ability to change upon learning new information. So your brain loves to learn new information and apply it to your life. So doing something as simple as reading a book, whether it's a fun read or whatever it might be, it's allowing your brain to learn new information and change and grow upon learning that new information. So the second tip in exercising your mind is to use your senses. It's important to ground yourself and be present. And the best way to do this is to acknowledge your surroundings by using your senses. It's so important that we stay grounded in our everyday life. And the best way to stay grounded is to your five senses. So what does it look like around you? What does it smell like around you? If you could taste it, what does it taste like? What does it feel like? And what does it sound like? All these different senses that can really help us be present instead of focusing on the impact that our past had or the future planning or the future stresses that are causing us to not be able to live in the present. And it's important, just as much as your mind likes to learn, you have to give it time to apply it. And staying grounded and being present is the best way for your brain to have the time it needs to apply it rather than just learning new information, learning new information and becoming all head knowledge. The third tip to exercising your mind is to repeat. 
It's as simple as that. So finding the healthy avenues that you can go back to each time you're feeling overwhelmed. Go back to the puzzle or read a book to get your mind off of the exact issue you might be walking through. Give it the creative freedom to learn and change upon learning new information and use your senses to be grounded right where you are and find contentment there. Give your brain time and space to fully adjust to the new information and apply it to your life before you learn new information. So there's a concept that really helped me actually the end of last year, the end of 2022. And I used to work at this office job and basically I still worked inside that building, but not with that same company. And the there was a man that worked at my old job that came downstairs and he told the receptionist to tell me this, but he told her to tell me that he, he is finally free to do the work that he was called to do. And it hit me so hard because it's like this mid-60s older man that is just now quitting his day job to go and do what he feels like he's been called to do his entire life. And it made me realize in that moment, like, what is all of this for if we're not actually living the life we're called to live? And this concept really hit me hard because those of you that heard the last uh, series, Break the Stigma, I pretty much talk about my healing journey that I'm currently walking through and has been changing my life so much that was part of letting go when the receptionist she's also my friend she shared this information with me it completely changed my perspective on the way that i see the world and it truly is what is all of this for if we're not being who we're called to be as individuals not for other people not for people people pleasing or just doing other things for other people But what is all of this for if we're not even living the life we're called to live and we're just living for other people or these social norms or these societally acceptable stigmas? And it really transformed my way of thinking and the way that I've been making decisions lately. And this might sound a little dark, but it really made me think, you know, if every single person on the earth were to die right now and I was the only one left, Am I living to please God or am I living based off of their approval? Am I living needing their approval or really only feeling worth worthy or, um, you know, accepted because of their approval? And it made me think so much more harder. That's like we're really only called to please God and live our individualistic life that looks nothing like the people to our left and right. We have a specific mold. We are a specific puzzle piece in this massive, beautiful, or beautifully orchestrated art piece. And instead of trying to be someone else's part, we need to focus on finding our own individuality and exactly who God's called us to be. Because if we face it and we ask ourselves, if we were the only person left on earth, I think most of us would say that we're living for other people. And when I was honest with myself and I heard myself say that to myself I was like wow this is bad like this is truly rough like I I really didn't know what to do from there I was like okay so how how does this really make me feel and this is going to go into a little bit later um which segues into my next point here but it's like I challenge you to think about why you do what you do or why you feel the way that you feel and go deeper because it's not just important to get a gain of control on your emotional intelligence and being in tune with yourself and self-aware 
those are all very important things that will play into the community and the environment that you surround yourself with and um, the, the change that can happen because of that. But essentially, it's also asking yourself if the environment, if the community was not around you and it was just you left on this earth, how does it really make you feel? How do you really feel about this? How do you really think about this? You know, and it's, it's important to ask ourselves this because just as much as we consider others, we need to be mindful of ourselves and consider how we're wired to think and feel. This can give us the power to break social constructs and social norms and see a change in society that's never even existed. If we can really truly ask ourselves and reflect, how does this make me feel? How can I play a part in this in my own individualistic way that is also being mindful of others and aware that they exist around me? Because we don't want to flop to one spectrum or the other. We don't want to be super people-pleasing, but we also don't want to be focusing on if no one else were to live and just running all over bulldozing people just because we're trying to live our truth. Both of those spectrums are absolutely detrimental, and I think that's both spectrums of where people live today. It's either do me and I'm just going to bulldozer over everyone, or it's I'm going to people-please until I have nothing left of me and I turned into a raisin and I died. You know, it's like... There's no in between. We haven't seemed to find that balance. And there's people out there that are searching for the balance and have found a balance. And I think that's what our entire life is for, is finding balance and truly partnering with God and partnering with each other. And it's as simple as that. The greatest thing we could ever do, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, is to love God and love others. And if we're not doing that, then what is all this for? We'll be nothing but a clanging symbol. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that if we do all these things but we don't love others, we are literally nothing. And that scares me because there's so many times that I have done so many things out of, you know, spite, out of not loving others and out of not even loving myself. And sometimes I've done things, especially in my past, but even now it's like I've done things without thinking of God and not loving God in the midst of it. And if we forget to love, and if we forget that all of this is just to partner together and live this life together and do life together, it's absolutely worthless and pointless. And I think that's the scary thing about life because we're wired to either focus on ourselves or people please to get to the top or bulldozer over people just to get to the top use them as stepping stools instead of helping carry each other from one level to the next and really moving forward and growing into the humans we're called to be and giving ourselves the space to grow and change and not be so reliant on each other but also being mindful that the other person does exist so these are just my thoughts um, I could talk all day about this because it's something I'm super passionate about and it's something that I, I feel like I'm fully living out right now currently but all this to say, I hope that all of these things help you. So just to recap before I go into the last question is the first thing we discussed is how do you control your emotions on a daily basis? And we talked about how the first thing you have to do is to name your emotion. The second thing is to not generalize the emotion. So we have bad and good connotations on emotions, but it's important to make sure that you're not generalizing the emotion, but you're really looking underneath the hood and remember that emotions are just indicators they are neutral and they're indicators that something is going on underneath and if you can name it you can take it to the right shop to get your car fixed just like your emotions and your mental health um and to go deeper and ask yourself why this triggered you get to the root of why the sandwich upset you um and see if you're feeling the appropriate emotion for it and remember, the more and more you practice this, as overwhelming as it sounds, the more you practice it, it'll become second nature. 
So the second question we discussed are some tips to exercising your mind and your emotions is that your brain loves repetition. So the three tips um, we suggested to exercising your mind is to start simple, start with a puzzle that will get your brain trained to problem solve and it'll train it in everyday life that your mind will automatically start to problem solve. And the next thing is books. Give your mind something new to learn, something new to latch onto and to change and grow upon learning that new information. Number two was to use your senses. It's important to ground yourself as much as it is important to learn these new things. It's also important to give your brain time to apply them to your life, which is being present and using your surroundings and describing the way it looks around you so that you can be fully present and content there instead of the impact that your past had or focusing on the future stresses of the world. And the third thing was to repeat. Find the healthy avenues you can get back to each time you're feeling overwhelmed and go back to them. Think about the other person next to you and find that balance between I don't want to people please them but I also if everyone were to die today you know am I really living the life that I'm called to live or am I living someone else's dream that they have for me it's important to find the balance between those two spectrums and they're both really amazing concepts to think about but it's important to think about the balance rather than those two opposite spectrums so the third question are, what are some verses that you go to when you feel overwhelmed? And this is what I'm going to be closing with. Okay, so as soon as I went to record that last part, my camera stopped recording. So I just started it over and I'm not sure where I was, but I'm going to recap really quick what I said. And I'm going to end with these scriptures. I encourage you to have a pen and pencil to write it down or refer back to this video. But I'm going to go through them and I'm going to read them all out loud so that we can all hear them um, no matter where you're at. So 1 Peter 5.7 Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Psalm 94, 19. When doubts fill my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Isaiah 41.10 Don't be afraid, I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. Isaiah 40.31 For those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you and he will be with you. He will never fail nor abandon you. Psalm 139, verse 5, you go before me and follow me. Essentially, that verse is saying that I am surrounded. He goes before us and he follows us. He is all around us. And this last one is actually very big. And I, I chunked different verses from this one psalm all together. So it's going to be a little lengthy, but it's Psalm 18, 1 through 2, verse 6, and verses 16 through 40. So lots of things going on here. But I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, my place of safety. He heard me from his sanctuary. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. 
but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescues me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am blameless before God. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. You rescue the humble. You are a lamp for me. The Lord God lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect. You have given me your shield of victory. So each of these verses have a very sacred place in my heart because they have helped me through times of full distress. And there are so many more that have completely encouraged me and transformed my life during rough seasons because the word of God is alive and active, meaning that as you speak them and as you read them, it's coming alive in your soul and in your spirit. So I encourage you guys to write down those scriptures or find some of your own. You can even Google scriptures and say, you know, scriptures when I'm feeling overwhelmed or scriptures for validating my emotions or different things like that and just kind of search and once the google search comes up to actually get a physical bible and look at it for yourself and make sure that that's what the bible actually says um and just dive deeper for yourself so again sorry for the neighbors making so much noise during this entire podcast um i'm not sure if you can hear it but i'm pretty sure you can because it sounds very loud in my head example b or a You probably heard that. So that is all I have for you guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And thank you guys for all the love and all the support that you guys show this mindful family. Uh, I want to encourage every single one of you that you are seen, you are heard, you are deeply loved and deeply valued, created for a unique plan and purpose that is unique for your own and for yourself. And there's an individualistic calling that is out there for you. And we can also be mindful during that process. So with all that being said, you guys are such beautiful humans. If you want to find my links or the best way to find me is on Instagram, which is at Co, or you can check the description in the podcast episode and find the Instagram and all my other links to socials. Other than that, shout out to Patreons. You guys can see me visual version. If you are interested in seeing this podcast, the visual and not just the audio version, you can consider becoming a, a patron. And my patron is Honey Be Mindful. So that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much again. I can't thank you guys enough for joining in every single week. And I encourage you to lead a life worthy of your calling. And yeah, I will see you guys in the next one.